0: Current in-cast podcast. This isn't the same old political or review podcast. Instead, this podcast is about current events, sports, technology, life, and yes, whiskey. So pour yourself a good drink or just imagine yourself doing so and join us for the next hour or so. In Lubbock, Texas, I'm Chad H.D. And all the way in Nashville, Tennessee, he's Matt Martin. And it's now time for another episode of Current in and cask hey matt what's going on
1: not much i'm excited i got Are myself you excited? i got a drink poured i'm ready to go
0: yeah me too i've been looking forward to this i've had this bottle uh for a few maybe a month now yeah
1: it's been about that a month. i've had this bottle mm-hmm. you had to wait and for me to catch up though
0: yeah i've been waiting for you the guy who works at a liquor store the guy who is around whiskey every single day and y'all just got a uh I guess a a a uh, Santa delivered a a bag full of uh what we're going to be drinking a and bunch some of, of the variations of it as well.
1: Uh, Santa brought holiday but he didn't bring holiday spirit. <laughs> he brought holiday soft red wheat.
0: Yes, uh, tell us about uh about what we are going to be tasting today.
1: Well, holiday soft red wheat is it is um bottled in bond which means that it is at least 4 years old and it is um at, bottled at 100 proof or 50%. Yeah. And they use a um a soft red wheat in there and it gives them kind of a a different it's supposed to give it a little different flavor which we'll talk, you know, flavor-wise in a little bit because I uh I honestly I tried it a a while back after you told me about it. We had a sample come into the store and I tried it, but I haven't tried it yet tonight. And so I'm going to, we'll get into that. But this is actually, so to be bottled in bond, it has to be at least four years old. This one's a six-year-old. So um, they they give it a little extra time. Hopefully that'll be, you'll be able to tell that in the, um, as you drink it but the other interesting thing is this one comes out of Missouri it's one of the few that i've seen that actually come out of Missouri uh and it's i mean i'm sure that there's stuff in Missouri but actually seeing it in Nashville seeing it in Lubbock Texas not as much i mean Missouri's one of those that you just don't see as much so a yeah. holiday distillery out in Missouri so I'm excited to see what i think and and i've seen some social media posts on this um a lot of social media they're doing really um it's doing really well on the social media platforms um i know uh some of them have said that as far as missouri goes this is the best out of missouri i don't know a lot from missouri so i don't know but i will tell you that when i tried the sample it, w- it was
0: pretty good yeah so the um the distillery it's it's actually kind of an interesting story uh, behind it and I, I looked some uh looked up some information behind it and i'll just get to it a little bit and then and, and then we'll get to the review a, a little bit later on but uh it, it's it's kind of interesting so um you know the the explorers lewis and clark right Uh-huh they did not establish the, the, the uh, distillery but no, that... they discovered the limestone spring in weston missouri back in 1804 and two brothers, Ben Holliday and Major David Holliday, decided that the spring would become the site, or the distillery. And Ben Holliday was the founder of the Wells Fargo Express, was known as the stagecoach king, transporting folks from Missouri to the West Coast and points in between. Ben had uh, is in several companies, and by 1864. He was the largest individual employer in the nation. The distillery was founded in 1856. So it's been a while it's been around for a while.
1: It has. I'm assuming as, that it it got torn down during prohibition or something and then brought back or
0: Well, it it was uh, founded as the Blue Springs Distillery, changed hands several times, uh and then uh they it, it back in uh in in 1936. Uh, it was called the Old Weston Distillery before becoming the McCormick Distilling Company in 1942. In 1993, the business was purchased by uh, Ed uh, Carr and Mike Greiser. And so it's the uh, McCormick Distilling is the oldest distillery west of the Mississippi that still operates at its original location. Uh, during Prohibition, the distillery was also one of the few allowed to remain open and they bottled medical Mm -hmm. whiskey or medicinal whiskey
1: you know that's interesting because most of the ones that were allowed to remain open are huge now Um, yeah i i think i'm trying to remember i don't know which all the ins and outs but i think like um when you think of um uh my mind just went blank the the big distilleries like Jack Daniels, yeah, and ones like that. Those are the ones, I, and and I don't know which ones did, but those are the kind that ended up staying alive through Prohibition and then were able to keep going afterwards. They never had to slow down. Everybody yeah. else that had to, you know, shut down, they all went and and, I mean, they were destroyed to some extent and became small. Right. So it's it's interesting that they're not. You know, a huge location. Now, if they were able to continue through prohibition,
0: yeah, the uh, holiday distillery operates as part of the McCormick Distilling Company. So that's that's kind of the the the, the background of this of uh, the uh, distillery, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but like you said, it's one of those where it is just now flowing out to different parts of the country because even even this year earlier this year like where i got the bottle from at one of my uh, local guys here uh he had to have someone special bring it in for him and so it was one of those where up up until really (laughs) with the last few months unless you took a trip to missouri or kansas uh (laughs) you weren't going to be able to get this anywhere and finally it's it's coming out and it's uh, appearing in uh, different liquor stores around the country, which is probably going to do just wonders for uh, the distillery because they're 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 putting out a pretty good product that people uh, are enjoying. So yeah, we'll, we'll it may make to it the... a little
1: harder to get in the long run, yeah, but they'll true. they'll probably catch up at some point.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, so we've got a lot to get into. For those uh, of you who are new to the podcast, of course you can go back. Listen to uh, older episodes of the podcast. We're actually going to take the next two weeks off and we're going to come back most likely the uh, Saturday before the new year. Uh, We'll drop another podcast. So we'll probably have one more uh, podcast uh, this year, but we're going to take the next two weeks off because Matt's traveling. I'm traveling. Everyone's traveling. I'm going to be in it. and so it's just easier to say, "Okay, we're going to take the next couple of weeks off."
1: Yeah, I mean, it it will be a lot easier on us. It yeah. may not be <laughs> as easy on those listening.
0: It's uh, that that we've got to restock the the uh, the, the the liquor cabinets. We got to do true. that. We've got to That's restock the
1: liquor cabinets. Hopefully, Christmas helps us both out on that one.
0: I I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, that, that's the plan for the next uh, couple of weeks, of course. So we encourage you to go back, listen to some older versions of the podcast and, uh, you know, spread it around to friends, family, all that kind of good stuff. And we're trying to grow the podcast, trying to, to get it out to more and more people. So uh, everyone that you let know about it, we appreciate. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, of course, on the podcast, we, we do talk about current events and technology, a little bit of uh, politics from time to time, but really just kind of what's going on uh, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the world. And, uh, we also uh, of course review whiskey and, um, uh, Matt, I was looking at this uh, story. It actually came out from the New York post and it was interesting. Uh, the headline here is here's what age people hit when they are in their moderation era. All right. So talking about drinking now, a lot of this is about wine, which you and I both enjoy wine as well. Um, which, you know, who knows? Maybe at some point we'll get crazy and throw out a wine we could. Uh, a wine deal at some we
1: could. point. We, they go in casks, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you, you never know. We may, may go crazy and pick a red wine that everybody would enjoy. Uh, but according to uh, the New York Post and some new research that's been done, people hit their moderation era at 29 years old, according to new research. A survey of 2,000 American wine drinkers, age 21 plus, Review uh, revealed that 86% agree that their alcohol intake is all about moderation. Uh, beyond that, food and snacks at 70%, shopping at 65%, and socializing at 49% were some of the most important areas in life to practice moderation. Though it may be the most wonderful time of the year, the holiday season also the busiest, as the top areas where Americans struggle to moderate their spending, snacking, and alcohol and wine intake.
1: During yeah. the holiday
0: season, Americans dedicate nearly four hours to those socializing and time spent on relationships and friendships.
1: Yeah, but when it comes to other... Yeah, what? Well, I was going to say, one of the things that I've, I've noticed about the holiday season is I, I look at it almost kind of like um, Fat Tuesday or something yeah. like that. You know, you during the new year, you know you're going to give up something. A lot of people, you know, they have their New Year's resolution. So in the holidays, they're like, oh, crap, I'm going to give this up after the holidays, whatever it may be, drinking or food or, you know, whatever it might be. So during the holidays, they see it as their last chance to get this in before they give it up for the year.
0: Are you saying you're going to give up whiskey for uh, for the new year? No,
1: no, no, no. I said some people, (laughs) some people.
0: Okay, not you, though.
1: No, not okay, me. Okay, I'm
0: not going to either. I've decided. I haven't decided what I'm going to give up, but I'm not giving up whiskey.
1: Well, nobody said you had to give up anything, Chad.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Uh, Americans admit they drink, it, uh, drink the least. Now, this was interesting. Americans admit they drink the least during the summer.
1: That makes sense. I mean, it? well, yeah, because you drink um, you do drink more refreshing beverages, probably less alcohol, more um, more of the tonic or, you know, you you take your beverages down a little bit like you're not drinking straight bourbon a lot of times. Yeah, the, but I
0: don't think that's what they're asking. They're saying, you know, mm-hmm. just drinking if somebody was drinking.
1: Well, but the other thing is dehydration because it does yeah. dehydrate you. And so you're drinking water. And then you look at this and you're like, oh, man, it would be nice to have a a whiskey. You know what? I, I'm just feeling a little dehydrated, though. So you, you go for the water or something instead.
0: Yeah. Uh, almost half, 45%, have a special bottle of alcohol or wine that they break out only on special occasions. I'm guilty of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't, I think that that's something you should have.
0: Every wine and every whiskey drinker, they've got something in in in, in their uh, in their collection where they're like, "This is for really good friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> like really good. I've known you for a long time, not just, hey, why don't you come over? And we could get to know each other.' No, 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 really good friends. That that bottle is uh, is brought out. Yeah. Uh, reasons for stashing away a bottle. Included being a favorite at fifty percent, having a price a high price tag at forty seven percent, or simply because it was a gift at forty one percent. Uh the top three people who would be considered worthy of sharing a bottle. That's a nice bottle, a friend, fifty one percent, their mom at thirty percent, or a sibling at twenty eight percent.
1: What about your wife?
0: They don't they don't say anything about the wife. <laughs> they don't say anything about the wife they don't say a damn thing about dad they yeah. just say <laughs> it's just mom a friend huh? yeah a friend at 51 percent, and then mama uh mom but mom drops all the way to 30 percent.
1: you know that mom is not going to want it anyway so you offer it to mom knowing she's gonna be like oh no that's I don't, fine it,
0: it, de- it depends if it's a if it's a good bottle of wine she may want some that's of
1: it that's true she might but yeah. um no, no, I think uh, friend or wife probably. Um, but uh, my my put aside has more to do with whether I think I can get another one. So it has to yeah. do with rarity. Like if I have one, it doesn't matter how much I paid for it. I, yeah. I want to share it with people. Unless uh, the only time I get a hoarder mentality on my liquor is when I'm like, when it's gone, it's gone. I can't get another one. It's never coming back. You yeah. know, or I can't afford to buy another one of these or something like that. That's when I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah. That's All that's right. probably the big reason for me.
0: Now, Matt, I'm going to ask you this. Okay? okay. All right. This is America's top 10 favorite wines. It's in the same article. Okay. Okay. What do you think the number one type of wine is in the United States?
1: Mm-hmm. Cabernet and
0: what do you think the percentage is that like it?
1: Cabernet uh 60. Wrong, sir. Really? Is it Pinot Noir? Wrong way off on that. Really? What well what is it? Number one
0: with twenty one percent.
1: Oh that's Rose. A
0: lot. Ugh. Rose oh, no twenty one percent.
1: No wonder they voted for Biden. They have terrible you taste. Want,
0: you want, now, I have had some good rosés. No, I have had some good rosés.
1: No, okay There's no now, such thing Now, you may be thinking about one.
0: blush. Blush is horrible. But well, I've actually had some very good rosés. So, now, they're French rosés.
1: So, I'll tell you. I saw um, someone was talking about online. Um, you know, I, I was just kind of stuck in, uh, in uh, TikTok black hole going on. And uh there was a guy talking about the Penelope Rose finished. Yeah. And he was talking about it like it was one of the few finished whiskies that he loves. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what the heck that guy tasted, but I had that. I in fact I have a half bottle still in my shelf that I can't hardly drink because really? it was I did not like it. Now of course they were talking about the one from this year I would mine's from a year or two ago, but I, I really just have never found anything about roses I like. They're, I mean, yeah. I,
0: I didn't think I would like, I didn't think I liked rose, but then uh, I had my mind changed. I had my mind expanded.
1: So I'll tell you uh, one that was a that some might consider a rose that I had. It was a white Merlot and it was a pink color, just like a rose. That wasn't bad though. Yeah. So you
0: want to know what the number two you want to guess what number two was at twenty percent?
1: I don't know. I'm I'm going to be wrong at this point because yeah, the wrong. United States has the worst taste apparently in wines. <laughs> um let's Moscato. see. Oh okay, uh, that's what I was about to say. It's gotta be like um uh Stella Rosa or something like that. Some of the one of the very sweet ones, and that's what Moscato, Moscato is. Moscato
0: at twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully transparent here, okay? And you know me, mm-hmm. you know, my favorite uh wine are the big, bold red wines, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I do not mind a good, sweet Moscato during the summer.
1: No, I mean, honestly, Moscatos are easy to drink. They're perfect dessert wines. Yeah, they're, they're I not, like it. I, they're not I, something I, a, I want I have with a, sweet a meal. Too. I don't want it with a meal. I don't uh, want it if I'm just sitting down to drink a wine, but after a meal and you've already had your meal and you just want something easy to drink and sweet, I, I can do that. That or port, so, uh, Ports are good too. but
0: Oh, Ports are great, yeah. So, uh, here we, uh, so just going through the rest here, Chardonnay is number three can, at 12%. See, I
1: can't, uh, like the reds aren't even the top ones. That's insane.
0: Merlot and the Cabernet uh, tie at 8%. Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir at 5% for both of those. And then at 4%, Zinfandel, Pinot Grigio, and Riesling at 4%.
1: So I'll tell you, um, uh, so right now.
0: I'm disappointed in so much of America. Yeah,
1: I'm going to tell you in my store what sells more than anything else. So as far as actual wine drinkers, and number one would probably be um, Cabernet's. But if you take everybody that's coming in and they're making cocktails and everything else. Yeah. Prosecco. Right now the LaMarca Prosecco. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, they're making everything with that. And it's oh, yeah. inexpensive. It's bubbly. It's easy to drink. Uh, Just the LaMarca Prosecco is. I mean, we sell more of that than anything else almost in the store. Besides two things. Tito's. And, yep. and high noons. High noons are definitely way up there. Probably yeah. number never, one. I haven't had a high noon. I haven't either. I have not. I've never had it, but it, it's a seltzer. It's taken the place of beer to some extent. I mean, people it's just easy for people to drink, uh, lower calories in, to some extent, and yeah, people like the high noons.
0: Uh, Let's see. Another uh, story that I found, and I, you and I are about to disagree on some stuff here, Matt.
1: Uh, we never disagree, Chad.
0: Uh, next week, well, you know, this, uh, what is it? December 16th, Saturday, December 16th. That's when the college bowl season oh. uh. kicks off. That's when Texas Tech is in a bowl game.
1: Hey, they snuck uh, in, uh, against, I'm proud of them for just getting their 6-6 six and six this year.
0: Yeah, so the Washington Post, and we're not going to go through this entire thing, but the Washington Post, they uh, lay out there uh, the most interesting, Ranking every college football game from the Myrtle Beach Bowl to the Sugar Bowl, and so uh, there's 41 bowl games that they that they rank on here. Okay, 41 bowl games that they rank on this thing, uh, with the worst bowl game being the Myrtle Beach Bowl between Georgia Southern and Ohio. You want to know how bad this game is, Matt? How bad? It's playing being played on the first day. At eleven a.m. Eastern Time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's early. So, is it just uh, is one team supposed to blow the other one out, or is it just these teams are so bad?
0: Just nobody cares. Okay. Nobody cares Hmm. uh, about uh, about these uh, these games.
1: I can can see that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking here. I'm going through the uh, the bowl games, and uh, and I'm trying to see where. Uh, Texas Tech ends up on uh, you know the most interesting list because they're playing on day one, which is not always the most beautiful of uh, of games when no. you're playing on day one. Uh, they actually rank the Independence Bowl, uh, California versus Texas Tech, as uh, number twenty one. You
1: know, number
0: twenty one. Wh- so was it's, it? You know, was it's not it- that interesting of a game, but it's not as bad as forty one.
1: Now, Chad, was it was it California that we played that was ranked number four and they got skipped over and then we beat the crud out of them?
0: Yeah, that was when uh, Sonny Cumbie mm-hmm. threw for about 520 yards, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. and uh, Texas Tech defeated Aaron Rodgers.
1: Mm-hmm. See, that's what makes it interesting to me because this one has a history. In the
0: 2004 Holiday Bowl.
1: Yeah. I remember this. Because they were they were talking trash, because they yeah. thought they were supposed to be in the, the top four. Well, yeah, and... they didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, they wanted to be, I think they were number three, man. Uh, because they didn't, remember, we didn't we didn't have the top, one, that was BCS. Yeah, well, that's uh, back right, they only had time. the
1: national championship, maybe. Right, but, but so what happened I, I think is they, they got, were
0: ranked number three in the nation, actually.
1: And they got jumped by University of Texas, which is what made them so angry.
0: Yeah. So there you you have that. Uh, uh, Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M. It's on December 27th. That's ranked as the uh, 18th most interesting game, uh, the the Texas Bowl. So uh, you have that one. Kansas and UNLV in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. They rank that one as the 17th most interesting game. Uh, Let's see. I don't
1: see how that one would be more interesting.
0: Uh, The Fiesta Bowl, Oregon versus Liberty on uh, January 1st. That's the 10th most interesting game. The uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl makes number eight at North Carolina versus West Virginia. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, Mm K-State versus NC State. That's number seven. Arizona versus Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Number six, the Peach Bowl, Mississippi versus Penn State. Number five, Cotton Bowl, Missouri versus Ohio State. And then, uh, oh, here you go, Matt. hmm uh-huh. The Didn't Make It Bowl. The Orange Bowl. Yeah. Florida State versus Georgia.
1: Georgia's going to kill them.
0: Georgia's going to whoop the crap out of Florida State.
1: Yeah, they're they're going to absolutely destroy them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be good. Number two is the Rose Bowl, Michigan versus Alabama, your Alabama Mm -hmm. Crimson Tide, Matt.
1: Yeah, I hate Alabama and I hate Michigan. And number
0: one, I think Alabama
1: is going to destroy them.
0: The uh, most interesting bowl game, according to the Washington Post, the Sugar Bowl, uh, Washington versus Texas which I actually, I I have it flipped. I'm going to go, I'm going to say that Washington versus Texas will be the second most, actually, I, I think it will be the fourth most interesting game. I think Florida State, well, no, I, I think it will be the third most uh, interesting game. I, I think the most interesting bowl game is going to be Michigan and Alabama. And so, then after that, I think it's going to be uh, Texas-Washington and then uh, maybe Georgia-Florida State. But even then... I don't know because I think so Georgia, is, is, Georgia is just going to kill Florida State.
1: Where does Texas Alabama come in this one?
0: Well, I mean, they're, Texas gonna, Texas would they're have going to be in
1: the national championship.
0: Texas would have to beat Washington, that, so that's, well, that me, that would be the national championship. Let me tell you,
1: Washington, Washington is overrated, and so is Michigan. Alabama is going to beat Michigan. University of Texas is going to beat Washington. Washington only played one good team this year. And that good team almost got beat by Texas Tech, a 6-6 and team. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, uh, Washington I, is way overrated.
0: I don't know. I think uh, there, there was a time where the Pac-12 had some really good teams. Washington, they, they, they did what they needed to do. I don't think that Washington's gonna, uh, going to beat Texas. No. Uh, I think Texas is going to win. I think Texas will be in the national championship. And I think it's going to be Texas-Michigan. In the national
1: championship, Texas better hope it's Texas Michigan, and I'll tell you why. And because then, uh, they I, already uh, beat Alabama this year, and it's going to be yeah. very hard to beat them twice.
0: Well, uh, I like Michigan, man. I think Michigan they've they've done a good job. They're but they're Chad. gritty.
1: But I like them. They're, I like the Michigan. The Big Ten is so overrated. They only play each other, and then they get out and the Big over Remember what happened to TCU. The big Last 12 was year. overrated. TCU destroyed uh, Michigan. And th- then the
0: ACC was overrated. Uh, I mean, it sounds like you just love the SEC, my friend.
1: No, I, I hate the SEC. The SEC should not even be in the bowl games this year.
0: Oh, come on. They no, should they, be.
1: they absolutely did not earn their way in.
0: They, they absolutely, they, Alabama is much better than and then Florida who? state.
1: Um, Let's put it this way: Alabama did not win out. Florida State did.
0: Uh, if if you are Florida State barely won their championship, doesn't game. matter. Let me let me put it this way. Let me put it this way: If you're you're a fan of Texas Tech like I am, mm-hmm. who would you rather play, Alabama or Florida State?
1: Well, uh, again, now, Chad, that no, doesn't no. that doesn't matter. Who would you?
0: Who would no, you rather no. play? Here's,
1: here's the problem, Chad. Because we're talking, no, no, about, no. The
0: we're no, talking about the four best we're teams. No, we're not
1: talking about the four best teams. That's, that's ridiculous. Exactly that's, they, terrible... that's exactly okay, what they they. If that's the true, then Michigan teams. shouldn't be up there either. They should have put... You
0: can argue that, but Michigan no. won, their, won, won everything they were supposed it, it to doesn't,
1: win. It doesn't matter. Michigan shouldn't be up there if you're going to say Michigan it's Michigan didn't lose their quarterback. Then, they're not
0: on their third string quarterback.
1: No. it. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. If they did, they would still put Michigan up there. That's where the problem lies. There, I don't think they I, would. Would, I would tell you there's four to five teams that it doesn't matter who they lost. If they had won the games that Florida State won, they would be in there. But because Florida State does not bring the money that University of Texas brings, it doesn't bring the money that Alabama brings, then they uh, jumped.: I think, so. I think their they, fans travel. No, they jumped Florida State. No, 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 I'm talking on TV. TV mode. No, oh, yes. people would watch. No, it's, no it's the, it's, I'm telling it's you,
0: the, it's it's one of the New Year's Day that people are going to watch.
1: If you look at who makes the most money off of their name and their school, there's two teams that make there that are in the top that outrank all of them, and that is University of Texas is number one, and Alabama is number two. And uh, putting just, those two, I, I, it, I, putting those two in there, brings more money than anything else and Florida State does not have that kind of pull
0: well look Florida State's on their third string quarterback they had a great season it sucks the way it went down but uh all I'm saying is yeah. Chad, you go and you watch the reaction video that uh that was leaked from the Michigan watch uh, party when they announced who number four was going to be they, it was almost like a gut punch to the Michigan Wolverines. That they were gonna to have to play Alabama. Well, I mean instead of playing Florida State. I'm sorry. Again. They were praying that they were gonna get a Florida State.
1: An injury should not ban you from what you've earned.
0: Uh, you could say that, but, but I, am uh, saying I mean that. it's that that's 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 how it is. It changes you know, it's, the makeup it's, it's a of terrible, a team. It absolutely it's a terrible... changes the makeup of a team when you lose. Look at Texas Tech. They were on their third string quarterback for part of the season and they lost everything. Uh it, it changes who you are, it changes but a it, lot about the team if if you lose the quarterback. No, now, you but it doesn't matter. About. It's a
1: terrible, terrible precedent to create to say that a team that has won every single game, well, you one of your star players got hurt, so you don't get to be in this game. You yeah. I know I know that you worked hard. I know that you did all that you were supposed to do, you did everything that yeah. you could, won every single game, but you got a player hurt something that you had no control over, we're going to take this away from you. And that's what happened. Well, you know
0: what the good news is? Next year when it's expanded, there will be no one complaining at all, except for the team who got left out.
1: (laughs) It's always the team that got left out.
0: Always the team that gets left out. They'll be the ones complaining uh, next year when they uh, move to an expanded uh, playoff, which they should have expanded the playoff long ago, and they're uh, just now finally getting around to it.
1: Yeah, well, um I'm just saying that th- that this year that Florida State really really got screwed out. I mean, uh, they yeah, they probably mean, y- uh, they probably did. You probably did. You can make all the excuses, all the things that uh, yes, this brings better games, well that still has to do with money. You can say whatever you want to. It's the bottom dollar that that well, sure. the bottom line it's a business. is the only thing they're looking at. Well, when you're talking about college students and college campuses, oh, you college can't use that anymore, games, Matt. You can. Because you can't. this is,
0: they're all getting paid now. Well, <laughs> not, but the NFL they're not doesn't even good use at that. Athletes.
1: The NFL doesn't even do that. If if you in the NFL, if you earned into the playoffs, but your star quarterback gets hurt, you still get to play in the playoffs.
0: Well, that's a totally different system.
1: It's, it doesn't matter, Chad. I'm just it's saying totally,
0: you don't have you don't have an NFL committee getting to pick and choose who makes it into the playoffs.
1: Well, that's where the problem is. The committee's the problem.
0: I, I agree that, that we agree on that. We agree on, uh, let's see. How about this story? This from the BBC. Have you ever done one of these, uh, DNA things where you, uh, you, you, you ship it off? Are you, have you ever been interested in doing that?
1: I haven't. I mean, it's, uh, it's never been something big for me now. I will say that our, my twins want to find out whether or not they're fraternal or identical and they want to do something like that. But no, I just don't care.
0: Yeah. Uh, This from the BBC, the profiles of 6.9 million people were hacked.
1: There's a lot of people.
0: From 23andMe. Hackers have been able to gain access to personal information from about 6.9 million users of the genetic testing company 23andMe using customers' old passwords. In some cases, it included family trees, birth years, and geographic locations, the company said.
1: That's a lot of information. You know who did that, though? That was the U.S. government that did that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, the stolen data does not include DNA records is what they say okay
1: yeah I don't believe that
0: <laughs> uh, first reported by TechCrunch the company acknowledged that they were uh, that, that by accessing those accounts hackers were able to uh, find a way into a significant number of files containing profile information about users ancestry uh, but what the, are... uh, criminals downloaded not just data from those accounts but the private information of all other users that they have links to across the uh, family trees on the websites.
1: Well, you know where the problem is with this. Whenever you fill out uh, an application for a credit card or whatever, they ask you your mother's maiden name. And what they did was they just gave uh, the thieves. Oh, yeah the the mother's maiden name in fact they've got everybody's mother's maiden names now
0: that's a good point yeah that's a very good point you've got the
1: whole ancestry
0: so uh see this is what i've been afraid of (laughs) this is why i haven't done anything like it because it it, it, there's going to be there's i don't want anyone to have access to my dna and they say that no one has access to the dna okay Alright. It's just a matter of time if, if they before can someone's get, able to take this. If stuff. they
1: can get that information, they can find the DNA information.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah, it'll happen.
0: It'll happen at some point. I don't, so uh,
1: do you really believe it didn't happen this time?
0: Oh no, I think it did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it did. Uh let's see. Oh. You saw who a uh, Time person, uh, Times Magazine, or Time Magazine's Person of the Year was, right? No, Taylor
1: Swift. Oh well, that doesn't surprise me.
0: It's it's Taylor Swift's world. We're all just living mm-hmm. in it.
1: I saw the list of the four or five that they were looking at, and I, when yeah. Taylor Swift was on the list, I was like, "Yeah, she'll probably get that." So that doesn't I, surprise me.
0: I have to say, a little bit overrated.
1: Yeah, but you gotta think about it. When they choose the person of the year, a lot of times they end up choosing people that aren't necessarily the greatest people in the world. Uh, they listen, choose the ones that she's, but you've I'm got sure the she's NFL a fine person. I know, but you've got sure the she's NFL person just eating her up right now. I mean, you've got the whole world looking at Taylor Swift and, I, uh, I her know. and, and what's I his know, name?
0: but if she was so great, Matt, if Taylor Swift was so great, why are the Kansas City Chiefs still losing football games?
1: Well, because the Kansas City Chiefs uh, can't get it together this year. Well, and and to be honest, I'm. Kinda, why is it? Why I mean,
0: is why is Taylor Swift's success not I mean, Kelsey, rubbing off on the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Ken, Kelsey's been the problem. He she has been a big <laughs> distraction for Kelsey because you think that's what it's been. Well, um, Mahomes' numbers have been down, and they uh, they say it's because Kelsey's numbers have been down, and so he's uh, been he having does. to look at other targets. He, uh,
0: he doesn't have any other targets. They don't have any wide receivers in uh, Kansas City. Well, uh, they just have Travis Kelsey. It makes the defense easy. Just you guys guard Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, uh, you know, razz him a little bit about Taylor Swift and throw him off his game a little bit. There you go. Yeah. Come on, Taylor. You got to be better. If you're the person of the year, you got to make sure the at least the Kansas City Chiefs are winning. Uh, The Oxford, this is the time of year where, uh, words of the year come out and all kinds of stuff. The uh, Oxford word of the year. This from the uh, Washington Post. Uh, the uh, story here, uh, many of us got our groove back in 2023. After two long years of pandemic-induced isolation and disruption, we left the house. We went on dates, and according to Oxford's word of the year, we got riz.
1: You know Riz. what Riz is, I, Matt? I have no idea what Riz is. No, this I don't is know. what
0: the kids. This is what the kids say now. Okay, this is what the kids use. Uh, Riz is a slang term that often refers to someone's ability to attract a romantic or sexual partner. According to uh, Oxford Languages, an arm of Oxford University Press, which picks the word of the year, it was selected by experts and a popular vote from uh, a list of eight terms chosen to reflect humanity's array of moods, interests, and concerns this year. It beat words like Swifty, Beige Flag, and Situationship for the top slot.
1: I, I'll have to admit, I probably don't have Riz.
0: Now, you do. Riz is uh, also short for the word
1: Charisma. Oh, okay. See, you get Riz Charisma. I mean, I have a wife. I mean. See, there you go.
0: You got you got Riz, man. I got to have some. Yeah. You got a nice beard. You got Riz. There you
1: go. Oh, uh, that's true. I do have a nice beard.
0: I feel like I'm too old to use the word Riz.
1: N- yeah, I'd, I won't be using that word. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not going to be in my vocabulary.
0: Uh, it could be, uh, Oxford said, uh, it is believed to be short for charisma. It could be because a word that encompasses swagger game and style reflects people's more positive outlook in 2023.
1: More positive outlook.
0: Yeah. The, apparently people are more positive this year, which I definitely haven't seen.
1: No, I haven't either. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the especially with the economy i mean it's been insane what i've been seeing no
0: the economy's not very riz <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have it <laughs> uh okay so let me ask you this these are some of the words of the year candidates we uh or or phrases See if you know any of these uh situationship do you know what
1: that is no, i have no idea it sounds like somebody screwed up situation
0: a little bit. It's a romantic or sexual relationship that is not considered to be formal or established.
1: Oh. I thought okay. that was just called a side so, piece. So, but no, yeah, apparently no, no, it's I a see. situationship. Okay, so it's, it's kind of like, uh, you remember back when we had uh, Facebook and people actually used it? Yes. They had this whole, uh, uh, it's complicated
0: Yes, the complicated.
1: Okay. Right. So now they've, they've taken that. It's it's complicated. They turned it into it's, it's a situation kind of thing. And, yeah, it's a situation ship. So, so it's a situation ship, like a relationship that's yes. uh, complicated. I, I, I see where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you know what uh, the beige flag phrase means? No. Okay. A beige flag is a, a character trait. That indicates that a partner or potential partner is boring.
1: Oh, so if you give someone...
0: Lacks originality. uh, Also, a trait or habit, especially a partner or potential partner viewed as extremely characteristic, but not distinctly good or bad. So just kind of...
1: I probably have that.
0: So you're not Riz, you're beige flag.
1: Yeah, I'm i might have a beige flag. We're going to raise I'm, I'm the beige boring. flag on Matt. I'm pretty boring. I'm I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm a boring guy.
0: <laughs> but you're married.
1: I am married. That doesn't make yeah. me well. The excitement in in my family comes because we have four kids. I mean, and you yeah, don't have you time you four to kids at 30 seconds. You don't yeah. have time for excitement anywhere else with four kids. It's just not H- there. How
0: are your how's your new dog doing by
1: the way? Oh, she's good. Uh yeah. we've we've become very mean dog parents and Why? we have to kill her now whenever we go out of the house. Like uh, everybody leaves. And and you know um Sully loved being kenneled and sometimes when we try to get her in the kennel, she takes off running and Sully's like, Okay, I'll get in. <laughs> and he'll run in there. But the fact is that Sully doesn't tear anything up, but she will. She'll tear so if we're home. She only plays with her toys. She doesn't get into other stuff. Yeah. But when we leave, she's like getting on top of tables and stuff. And we know this because stuff that we put on tables that she cannot get to unless she jumped on top of the table, end up in the floor <laughs> with her chewing on it. So she is a, has a wild streak, but only when we're not there. So we have to, we have to kennel her.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some of the other uh, word, it's not. Some of the other words aren't that good. Uh, Parasocial, designating a relationship characterized uh, by the one-sided sense of intimacy felt by a viewer, fan, or follower of a well-known or prominent figure, typically a media celebrity, in which the follower or fan comes to feel falsely that they know the celebrity as a friend. So they're parasocial. Hmm. We used to call that just a stalker, and uh-huh. uh, it, it was just a simple stalker. Uh, Heat Dome was another. Swifty was uh, was up there.
1: I know Swifty.
0: Yeah. Uh, prompt, an instruction given to an artificial intelligence program, algorithm, etc., and de-influencing, the practice of discouraging people from buying particular products or encouraging people. To reduce their consumption of material goods.
1: Oh, isn't that uh, Dave Ramsey's a de-influencer? Is he? Yeah, because he tells people, you know, he tries to teach them to use cash and and to not buy as much stuff, don't eat out, you know, do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, unless you uh, unless it comes to his stuff, and then he, you know he's
1: like, I'm oh, going purchase my books. Well, you've got to know how to do it, Chad.
0: Yeah, Dave Ramsey wants you to save all your money so you can spend it on his stuff. That's smart. That's good business. I like it.
1: <laughs> you should put out a book like that.
0: I should. Don't spend any money except with me. You'll save a ton. Great. Like so yeah, it. Riz, the uh, mm-hmm. the word of the year, Riz, uh, is out there. You should use it. See if your kids know the word
1: Riz. My kids probably wouldn't. I don't know. Well, you got to understand, my kids aren't as uh, out there as a lot of other kids, you know. That's true. They go to, uh, they do have a homeschool group that they go to, but they don't spend a lot of time there. It's just, you know, once a week. Whereas, you know, if they went to school every day, I would expect them to know some of this stuff that maybe.
0: Yeah. Interesting. All right, so there you go. That's the the word of the year that... uh, that we were able to find, Matt. We have been drinking, I think, a very, very good bourbon uh, this evening.
1: Yeah, it is. It's good. Um, it's the soft red winter wheat. We've been drinking the bottled and bond. They do have a Rick House proof, um, but this is the bottled and bond. And I, I've looked a few things up. Its mash bill is seventy three percent corn, fifteen percent wheat, twelve percent barley. So it's a it's a high corn, which normally brings in the sweetness but they also apparently use uh, red winter wheat for the wheat to kind of give it a little different flavor. Uh, You know know what this reminds me of to some extent is um, the uh, older, like you can't find it now, but uh, kind of bell mead is how it hit my tongue. Like the first time it hit my tongue, it had the uh, almost like white sugar, like sugar crystals or something. Just that really pop of sweetness, and then it goes to more of the, you know, as it goes into the mid and towards the finish, it goes more into the the uh, brown sugar side, you know, more like a, a regular bourbon, um, and it's it's really smooth. I mean, it's uh, very very easy to drink, very little burn at all, um, and. I mean, it really does. It, it So the first time I remember trying it, I remember how smooth it was, but I didn't think it had as much flavor, but I'm drinking it now. And I actually, I, I think that maybe, I don't know what I was eating or drinking at the time when I took it the first time, but this actually does have quite a bit of flavor to it. Yeah. And it's, um, it it is kind of your basic bourbon flavors, but they're, they're enhanced to some extent. They're very good. Um, it has a good finish, probably like a medium finish. I wouldn't say it's a long, long finish the way, you know, something just stays on your tongue, but it, it, it's a good medium finish where it stays with you for a little bit. So, um, I, I think it's a great bourbon. Yeah,
0: I, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's like you said, there's to me, not a lot of burn to it at all. Uh, it's an easy drink or uh, about forty six bucks is what I've seen it priced at. Uh, I think it's an excellent price point. I think it's one that, if you see a bottle, grab it because yeah. one, I'm not sure how long it'll be out. Uh, number two, it, th- this will be one of those that's you know you could you could you know give as a gift. You could you could keep for yourself. You could um, have this as a everyday drinker. This is it's just it's that good uh to me that it's it's just a uh it's very enjoyable and uh I'm I'm very impressed by it.
1: Yeah. I, I am too. Uh, it was uh it was better than I remembered, which is always great when you have a bourbon and you're like it was okay. And then you're like okay fine, I'll, I'll try it again and you're like, "You know what? That is actually because you never know. Sometimes things just change the way you receive things." So, yeah. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised and uh I'll tell you I I love I love the hint of sweetness that comes out in this. Uh, a lot yes. of I mean, if you're drinking bourbon, most people who drink bourbon are looking for a little bit of oakiness and and some sweetness, and and for all of it to be very well balanced. I think this has all of that. The oakiness isn't overpowering though. It's not bitter in any way, which sometimes you get with you know the the longer the ages go. Sometimes you get a little bit of bitterness as well that comes out of the wood. There's none of that. It actually is it's it's uh very sweet. Uh some people might call it a sugar bomb. I wouldn't go that far. Um, but it's uh it's just a very well balanced, very good uh holiday soft red wheat, bottled in bond. I think the proof's perfect as well. Um the Rick House may have a little bit more flavor, but I'm afraid it may have a lot more burn to go with it. So the bottled and bond what may be maybe be the perfect spot for this
0: yeah and and you know i think you know again some of the uh flavors that i, I get like you uh i get some a little bit of that cherry a little bit uh a little bit of vanilla uh to it and it it is just uh, to me it's not overly sweet uh it it, it has a, a little bit of spice at the back end but not too much uh, it, it is just a uh you know to, to me it's an easy drink it's one that uh has a uh pretty good finish to it. It's not a long finish, but it's a, a I think you said, what, a medium finish? A yeah, medium, medium,
1: pleasant medium finish.
0: Yeah, and, and so it's it's one that, um, what I'm going to try next time with it is, uh, you know, uh, put a little bit, uh, put, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a giant uh, ice ball in it and see what that does uh, to it and see if that yeah. changes any of the taste or not. Uh, but, I mean, this, to me, this is just, it's uh, such a good uh, such a such a good bourbon, and uh, I know there are some who don't like uh, usually the, the sometimes the bottled and bond that it may be uh, a little bit too harsh for people. Then that's one thing that I discussed with uh, one of my guys that I was uh, talking to at the, the, the whiskey store that I picked this up at, and he said for it being mean, a bottled and bond, it's a very smooth mm-hmm. compared to other bottled and bonds uh, that that he has had. It's a very smooth uh bourbon and 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 I would agree with that, and I think the longer you you uh you have it out uh, I, I think it it gets a little bit easier uh and it takes that uh it takes a little bit of that kick out uh that is uh, that is there, but it's not overwhelming yeah. at all
1: well and I'll tell you one other thing that I love um I see this with uh bardstown bourbons with their uh with their whiskies as well as here at holiday with holiday. And it's just got so much information and being, you know, a guy who loves to read about whiskey, know about what you're drinking and all of that. um, The mash bill is not on the bottle, but it's easily easy to find online. And it also tells you exactly what floor each of the barrels was on, which Rick house it came out of when it was distilled, when it was bottled, and um, what type of char they used. I mean, all this stuff is on the bottle. And it's just fantastic when you're able to get yeah. all of that information off the bottle. You know exactly what you're getting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's, uh, that is Holiday. They're soft red wheat bottled in bond uh, out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And if you, uh, if, if you haven't had it yet, if you haven't seen it in your liquor store, request it uh because hopefully they'll get some soon. This is just really now at least uh for us, you know, hitting uh hitting hitting West Texas. Uh Matt you uh, you finally got some in Nashville. So this we is did. it's it's flowing out of Missouri uh slowly but surely and uh, reaching other parts of the United wow. States and, and that's uh, to me that's a good thing. And I like the bot I like the design. Uh it's a it's a, you know, it's you know, for those who uh like some of the different logos and artwork that are on bottles it's a nice little bottle. Oh, it's a great nice bottle. it looks like a nice little scene out of Missouri. <laughs> that, well, uh the,
1: that you would see. And and the other thing I'll say is the regular bottled in bond the not soft red wheat is called Bin Holiday. This one's just called Holiday. H O L L A D A Y. And so I think the Bin Holiday is, is easier to find, but if you can find it grab the soft red wheat. It's a little harder to find, but it's a little i mean that's more of what people are going after right now
0: yeah absolutely all right uh, that does it for this week's episode of current in cast thank you for tuning in to another episode with chad hasty and matt martin you can reach out to us on social media at chad hasty radio at matt martin radio and at current in cask you can also email us at caskerspied at gmail.com and we invite you to uh, always subscribe and follow and share the podcast with family and friends and loved ones and uh, even those who just uh, maybe not be may not be loved ones but they may just enjoy whiskey you can share it with them as well have a merry christmas matt have a merry christmas i'll
1: see you soon all right YouTube I'll, I'll be in love soon
0: yeah have a merry christmas to all of you out there and we'll have another show near the end of the year god bless you all enjoy life and cheers